up everybody still red thunder <laughs> welcome to this week's episode of game devs quest my name's taylor joined by my, my good Rhett. buddy brett and uh we are your once weekly podcast chronicling our journey from game dev scrubs to better than that uh this week we have a couple things lined up we have some cool stuff about a game dev conference we will be attending in a week or two uh some ar vr stuff we can talk about and uh also the progress we're we're making on our uh c sharp uh text adventure game we're implementing some blackjack so that's been going good how you doing Rhett? what's up man doing pretty good bro you know just being a total total bro playing some gamecube with my pants off drinking natty ice you know <laughs> some gamecube huh hell yeah Wearing a whole whole can of Axe body spray. <laughs> you, you like how I just snuck in and like completely changed the game today? I, I, I saw you take a breath about to, about to do our intro, and I just snuck in, dude. Dude, it was, it was a baller move. Uh, <laughs> don't worry about it, dude. This is your podcast. I've been telling you from day one. You do the intro whenever you want. <laughs> But see, we established a plan a few weeks ago. It'd be like I would do the inf- intro unless you said otherwise. So. I know. I just felt like throwing you a curveball. It's all right, bro. It worked out. You're lucky that I'm such an improv master. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, how did we do on our challenges this week, Rhett? We did pretty good. What were our challenges? Uh, <laughs> our challenges were to meet two times, and which we did. Which we did. And then my challenge was to use chopsticks, with which I did twice. Uh, the meals that I wasn't drinking Soylent on, um, I did use chopsticks. So I used it when I was eating some smart smart food popcorn, which right. was awesome. And then yesterday, Alio made some pretty nice uh, ramen, which was good, and, and prep for Japan. Nice. So yeah, go. I've been eating ramen like every day and prep for Japan. Nice. <laughs> Top ramen or ramen you're making? Bro, I only eat the best. Top, Top ramen. ramen. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Top Ramen. Hey. <laughs> Not that bottom ramen. <laughs> the under ramen, as it were. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, this week we uh, we did meet two times, which was nice. Uh, it was mostly me talking and Rhett just being quiet on the other end while we're... Uh, doing some programming on our game but that was i had a good time with it i don't know about you um as i always say i'm always a little bit worried that you're not getting much out of it but we are making some good progress no it was actually a lot of fun uh going back into it and getting into it a little bit um yeah we've been really focused on writing the blackjack component of the tavern in our game which started off as just like this like, it's supposed to be like a quick and dirty little mini game that we added to it. Now it's like become a freaking game in and of itself. I know. I think uh, one day it was like, well, let's start working on locations. Let's start with the tavern. And uh, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we added like a blackjack mini game? That wouldn't be that hard, right? Well, we had talked about doing mini games in the tavern from the get go. Yeah. Like I remember that being like a day one plan. And we had talked about like what should the mini game be, and it was like. I don't know, you know, in my mind, I was thinking of, well, maybe I had just gone to the casino or something. I don't, oh, yeah, because I had just gone to Reno. Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which was on the podcast. Um, yeah, and I I love it, too, because I think we talked about this on the podcast before, but, like, when we first started implementing Blackjack, it was like, wouldn't it be cool if we could get the suits and everything? And yeah. we spent like a really long time trying to get that working. And once we got it working, it was like, all right, we're doing this. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and no, it's now, cool. It actually looks like we got little cards on the table and stuff. And Yeah, now we're um, almost 700 lines deep into our blackjack class. <laughs> and, uh, and it's almost fully functioning. So it's pretty cool. Like all we have to really do, like um, I did quite a bit of work this week just on my lunches and on my own time, like um, – putting in the the kind of flow of the game like you know the blackjack 
player there's a deal and then the player gets to decide whether they hit or stand and then the the trickiest part so far i feel like has been since we're working in a c-sharp console like we're having to to basically define um coordinates in the console and remembering them like for everybody because otherwise we have to do like this dumb math to try and figure out where things go and yeah. i swear like at least probably 20% of the time has just been figuring out the positioning of things. And, and, uh, so that's been like the least fun, but actually once we, once we got it all lined up and like we're, we're basically storing those, uh, coordinates, it makes it a lot easier to access them. And then like from there, it's just pretty cool because everyone behaves the same way. Like if you choose to stand, it prints stand or stay above the name of the character in green. And like, you know, when, when you take a card, it prints it face up with the suit, like in the exact right position. And so now that we have that all laid out, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, it's coming along. And I think our hearts were in the right place when we started it too. Cause it, it you know, we looked at it and it's like, okay, we have the shell of this game made. Now we need to start creating the location so that players can navigate within the game and it said, when we thought, like, the two locations we wanted to start with, let's start with the tavern so people can get an idea of, like, the quote-unquote socialization and also, like, the mini game that we wanted to do. And then let's try to do the arena after that so people could just go in and they got basically two games that they can play yeah. in our game. You know, right. the ba- the fighting or the gambling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, once we the get... The fighting's done. <laughs> yeah, the, fight, the fighting's done, though the, we haven't started the arena. Once, once we... Um, get the arena and implement. I mean, I think it'll be a lot faster just because we already have the fight mechanics figured yeah, out. Everything's laid out. Yeah. Um, but it'll be, then we have like the whole mechanics of the game. Like, you know, we were talking about, uh, having a set number of hours in the day, which would be like actions of places you can go. Yeah. So we have yeah. that whole like overarching, like, I don't know, Mechanic. structure. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Um, which will be fun. So yeah, I think, I think probably by next week we should be done with blackjack. At least like the, I hope so. At least just that part, like that game, not the tavern. Um, yeah, but blackjack. And and there may be some little things like what we haven't done so far. We need to figure out the uh, like doubling down. We need to figure out what happens when you split. Um, so like if you're dealt two aces, you can split and turn it into two hands. Um, yeah. We also need to. Uh, it would right now it's just a dealer and the player and that kind of, it's fine, but I feel like, especially if we're encouraging kind of socialization in the game, it would be cool if, uh, players were already at the table. Like maybe when you first get to the table, they're already in the middle of a hand and you watch it play out or something. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe like, as you're playing different characters come and go, um, Ooh, that's ambitious. <laughs> it is ambitious. I think it'd be pretty cool. It, it but may... if we're going to do that, then now we have to put in, like, trash talk and, like, <laughs> yeah. standard table stuff, you know? Right, yeah. Drinks anybody? So... <laughs> <laughs> so I think by next week we should at least have it figured out to where we um, have the player and the dealer figured out. But maybe, maybe not the extra, like, players playing, so... What are you sipping on there, Rhett? Having a morning brewski? Yeah, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> uh, so anyways, that's kind of the scoop there. We did complete our challenges, which which feels nice, because some weeks, I feel like in the last several weeks, we haven't been able to catch each other during the week, so that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, it's uh, definitely been like more of an effort on both of our parts, yeah. well, especially mine, just like... You know, rather than letting the night escape me, like actually sort of like taking control and, and deciding to sit down, even if it's just for an hour. Yeah. Uh, well, I was impressed you know. last night because normally I feel like if we don't start by like eight, then like you're just done. But last night we started at like after nine. Almost nine. And then we went to uh, to 1030. So it was a good session. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just in the mood to get stuff done. I mean, I I definitely needed to work on something to uh, make me a winner. 
um, I was practicing. <laughs> I was practicing for the musical, and the last few practices I've done on my own, just sitting at the drum set playing. Got you know. Uh, music to play along with, but also like just my metronome, so I could just practice playing along with the click track. And I was, you know, damn, what a boost to my confidence these practices were. And then last night, I freaking sat down and just like, dude, it it fucking destroyed me. Like I, uh, it ruined my day, which yeah. was like a pretty good day. Yeah. Flat out ruined it. And so I it was up for debate, like whether or not I was going to go to the writing group, like I had mentioned to you yesterday, and. Uh, basically the writing group, anybody doesn't know, it's just a writing group. You show up, you bring something that you've worked on and you can share it with people and they'll offer you feedback or criticism, um, or encouragement. And I went to that cause I hadn't gone in like a year and I just needed something like, you know, I just needed to get out of that headspace. So I went and did that and then came back and, uh, ate a little bit of dinner and then was able to sit down and work with Taylor. And I didn't do much work myself. I mean, I think I did like what? one freaking uh method but yeah uh, but it, it was good i mean i and yeah. i i mean part of it i felt a little bit bad about because i kind of just took the reins and and nah. you know and then i'm like here Rhett, figure this out and even though you don't know like how i wrote all the rest of the code but <laughs> it doesn't matter i figured it out yeah. i mean <laughs> i did it and we're like see this code up here yeah we're just copying that i was like oh <laughs> Well, yeah. why'd you have me write it? Well, I wanted you to practice. <laughs> it was good practice. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't mind. And it was still good. It was uh, still good. Got me out of my little funk from that. So hopefully good. today's a little better. I got I got some more work to do on that later. Yeah. Well, yeah, I had I had kind of some similar. Well, it it also reminds me uh, back to when I was in high school playing drums um, for our band and then like all the school bands and stuff. I remember like a bunch of times being all excited about getting home to, and having time to practice my drum set. And then I'd sit down and I would like keep messing up on something and I would just be like, God, this is stupid. And then I just yeah. stop after 10 minutes, you know? Um, yeah. And I had a moment like that this, this week where, uh, with programming where I was just like, I sat down, I really wanted to get stuff done, but I just could not focus. And, uh, so it just like put me in this terrible mood and I, and I didn't do anything. So right. I felt like I just wasted like two or three hours, you know, since I wasn't working. Yeah. Good, but, um, well, I didn't feel like I wasted time, but like it was just really demoralizing considering today's like my first rehearsal. It just like, it made me just like doubt everything, you know, like that last minute imposter syndrome, like, <laughs> Oh shit. You know, yeah, and <laughs> I still have a lot of other practicing to do. And there was a big wrench thrown into it. Uh, and I don't want to get too much into it because I can't talk about it too much uh, until it's, I mean, this will air like after it's over, but yeah. So whatever, I guess it doesn't matter. Our music director got, had a heart infection Dang. and yeah, like I th the continuation of the show was like in question with the band for like a brief time. And then after that, like two other members in the band had to like drop out. So they had to be replaced like within a week. Uh, wow. And before that, like we were doing one show and then that show got canceled and replaced with another one. So it's like it's just been such a cluster. Um, and on top of that, like I just have like way more, <laughs> I guess, like responsibilities than I think like any drummer kit player has like been expected to do like i have to like do some keys oh really and i have to do timpani and like all of this other like auxiliary percussion while yeah. playing Ugh, just Dang, sucks dude. but whatever yeah well that reminds gotta keep me. that punk rock attitude that's right dude <laughs> yeah it reminds me of when i was a freshman in high school uh chance was the he was a senior he was like this really awesome drummer and uh, him and our band director didn't get along very well. And he, I don't know if he got kicked out of band or he quit within like the first month or something of that school year. But uh, I was like really relying on him to be there. And then he quit yeah. and I was the only other drummer. And I was like yeah. so nervous because I'm like, for one, I was the only kid in my grade in band. So it's the, yeah. only, the only freshman. And then I have to do the entire like percussion section by myself and at yeah. that time i had just started playing drum set so i was like pretty terrible and yeah uh, i remember like 
I can't remember the name of the song, but like for the winter uh band like performance, I was just doing everything like bass i was i was on the drum set the whole time so i was like bass drum snare drum and then for crash cymbal or you know like the, the yeah. crash cymbals that normally one person would have the two of them slamming together i was just hitting the crash cymbals or like yeah. picking up the triangle <laughs> while i'm sitting and you know it was just like crazy so yeah it's not not the best but you'll get it done but, yeah well cool man good uh, luck tonight yeah thanks i appreciate it yeah, I had some interesting stuff this week at work as well. And I, I as well don't know how much I can talk about, but I'm kind of getting looped in with some uh, actual game development stuff at work, which I've touched on before, but it's like getting a little bit more real, I feel like. And uh, this week I did a lot of AR and VR research, and uh, it was cool. Like, I did a lot of research on, like, getting 360 cameras uh which surprisingly are not that expensive like no they're really cheap now the one that is most recommended that's consumer grade is the rico theta s and it's like basically it's kind of like an oversized pin that has cameras on both sides like fisheye cameras i think or they kind of like the bubble and uh it takes 360 images and it like basically two two images that are stitched together in like a sphere or video as well and it's only like 300 bucks which is crazy yeah we did uh we did like a beer video blog um for my friend's tap room and uh the way that he wanted to do it was with the 360 camera just put it right in the middle of the table and have friends sitting around the table drinking beers and and you know, it it was like ten minutes of BSing, ten minutes of critiquing the beer, <laughs> and uh, and we did like three or four episodes like that. And his he had like a Samsung three sixty camera, and it was like, I don't know, a hundred bucks, yeah, hundred twenty bucks, yeah. And the video quality was really great, <laughs> and the sound quality was really great, yeah. And it like saved it onto a little flash drive in it, and all he had to do was plug it in the USB slot on his computer to download it. Like, yeah. I know, <laughs> so it's crazy, easy. Dude. Yeah, I was looking at some though, like, so for consumer grade, they're all like pretty inexpensive. Um, professional grade is a different story. Like, yeah, the, the top one that I saw that everyone was like, Oh my God, this thing is amazing is freaking 60 K. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the same one that the Google, uh, the Google uh, Street View cars like use probably. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So that was interesting. Um, I also have been learning a little bit of Unity VR, which has been cool. Um, I have, I think I talked about a course I bought on Udemy that I, uh, that's from Ben Tristam, uh, that's about making VR experiences in Unity, which I haven't started, but I really want to. And then the, the thing I'm most excited about is, so Mozilla is doing kind of this big push for VR in a web browser. And so they're, kind of well there's this web vr thing that's like a big push uh and then kind of on tangent with that uh there's these frameworks that basically utilize javascript to allow you to write either javascript or html to create like immersive 3d experiences and mozilla put out this one framework that piggybacks off this javascript library called 3.js and 3.js is basically like uh allows you to use javascript to create 3d objects and things like that and then a frame uses that library to allow you to create vr and 3d experiences with freaking html (laughs) it's like it's crazy so i was like i was at work playing with a frame and I mean, I was able to make like a whole scene, basically like throw down a 2D plane, put a grass texture on it, create a skybox, and then create like several objects. Like I created a sphere that, and then I found a soccer ball texture that I put on it. And then um, also I made the sky like start rotating slowly. So it's like you're in this whole world, and I swear. Outside of, like, the main, like, base tags that you need for HTML, you know, like, 
document type and all that kind of stuff, uh, it was probably like 10 lines of HTML. That's that pretty crazy? cool. Yeah. So, dude, hey, that's the beginning of the Matrix, dude. Yeah. Pretty soon we're just going to be like living on the internet. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, seriously. Um, so yeah, if you guys are interested in VR, and especially if you don't have a lot of coding experience, check out A-Frame. Um, it's a pretty good like intro to VR platform. And all you need is a web browser. So like if you, if you get... Um, if you have a web server or there's there's several websites, one's called Glitch, I think glitch.io maybe. Uh it it allows you to make VR experiences in your browser and then it hosts it hosts it for you. And then if you have like your phone or whatever, then you just go to the URL that they create for you and then there's there you are, like in VR on your phone with that little experience that you created. It's pretty cool. So I'm excited to see where that goes. I like how you held up your phone to make your point. I know. Only yeah. to me. Only to but you. But you were hardly talking to me. You were like talking to the world there. Well, but you're like, Sea World, my phone. Right, the you, experience is right here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty weird. I do weird things with my hands. <laughs> yeah, you do. But they but feel sh- great, bro. They feel so good. So like don't hate yourself. It's the it's the weird shit that feels the best. I know. Well we talked about fidget cubes. Yeah. You know. We, we know what's up. Yeah, bro. <laughs> You're pretty good at thumbing my button. <laughs> Your button. Yeah. <laughs> Th- thanks for elaborating on that one. <laughs> oh, that's what it sounded like on my end. Maybe there's like a lag spike. You're pretty good at there thumbing my butt. In. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, yeah. man. Thanks for, thanks for thumbing my butt inside it. <laughs> <laughs> Told you I do weird stuff with my hands. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Um, what else we got, Rhett? Uh, yeah, we- man. We got a we got a pretty cool conference, a game dev yeah. conference, our first one ever that we're going to be attending on August fifth. Yeah, it's a remote conference, which sounds lame, but it actually looks really cool. Uh, there's some really cool uh, speakers giving some presentations, and uh, you know it's only like five hours long or so, but uh, I'm looking forward to it just for like, you know, I guess like the perspective like feeling included in the community and um i guess just like some motivation some inspiration Mm -hmm. maybe some tips and tricks you know because like those are always the things uh, like the behind the scenes stuff is always like what i find so fascinating like yesterday i went to that writers group and it was really interesting because all of a sudden we're sort of talking about publishers and uh two of the writers that were in the group uh have publishing contracts with small press um which is like really cool. Like that's like, you know, one of my goals. And so hearing them talk about it and hearing them talk about like negotiating their contracts and the amount of work they did themselves versus the amount of work that they pushed to the publisher and all that sort of stuff is like really interesting. So, you know, coming to any sort of art, like even music, like I think like learning how to book a show is something that like every musician should know how to do, but most of them don't. Dude, I see so many bands, just garage bands that want to play shows, and all they do is say, contact us for booking information. Dude, nobody's going to reach out to you. Remember, we yeah. used, we did that back yeah. in the day, dude. We were like, well, bookers got to come to us. No. Yeah. You go to them, and you say, hey, man, I got a band. We, uh, we're available these dates. You got any available dates? Sure thing, buddy. How does this date work? Okay, great. Yeah. We'll be there. <laughs> That's how easy it is. And we tried for years to get somebody to contact us. So I'm excited to hear about the behind the scenes stuff about game dev. That's what, one thing that's so fascinating listening to uh, Coffee with Butterscotch is like yeah, when man. they start talking about the analytics into the way that they price their games uh, and the way that they like schedule their time and the way the like the product that they give people, you know, um, the analytics behind their marketing and all that sort of stuff. It's uh, yeah, it's really fun. Well, like, I don't know. I like the business side of stuff. So yeah, and that and that's I think at this point in time my favorite game dev podcast is Coffee with Butterscotch, and I think, oh they're so funny. Well, yeah, they're really funny, but it's also because of that. Like yeah, like most of the other ones, and I, and I'm not trying to like 
trash on any of them because I really like the Gam Keto podcast. I, I mean, Chris Delion is awesome. Um, yeah. And also, you know, I know you're not a big fan, but I do like um, Game, Game Dev, Dev Unchained. Unchained. Yeah, it's another one that I really like. But those ones are like, you know, much more just kind of information dump. And it's, yeah. and it's usually kind of the same questions. And I don't know. It, it, you get kind of just a small snapshot of, of an individual developer. Whereas yeah. with Coffee with Butterscotch, I think in a certain way, it um, it has a vibe of something that I feel like you and I would want to go for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like weekly updates or, you know, whatever, every other week updates with the same devs and seeing their yeah. process. Yeah. They are kind of like a better version of us. <laughs> they really are, dude. <laughs> They're funnier. They actually know how to make games and they have published games. Like, yeah. Yeah. They, well, if we would, dude, I, I stand by this. If we were recording face to face, we could be just as funny as they are. <laughs> it's too hard when you got like a half second delay, yeah. you know, and you're trying to figure all that out. Well, for dude, a while, you gotta, though, I, I, they, they, one of their brothers, Adam, was living in Texas and they live in St. Louis. Uh, so oh. they were recording remote for a while. Um, oh. So I think they're just better than us. <laughs> Doubt it. <laughs> just kidding. Dude, their la- one of their latest episodes just had me fucking dying. I can't even remember what the episode's called, but it's like 106 or yeah, think, around there. And yeah. they're talking about uh, immortality is boring. They've lived for a thousand years. It's now the year 3017. And they're doing fan mail questions. <laughs> And they're answering them as though they've lived for a thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. And, and they're like, yeah, well, now we're on Pluto. Uh, so it's kind of crazy. And they're like, how's St. Louis? What should I see? And he's like, yeah, well, St. Louis, surprisingly, a thousand years later, looks exactly the same. You know, <laughs> yeah. like nothing's changed, which is kind of yeah. weird. You know, everywhere else has changed. Not St. Louis, though. <laughs> well, that's one thing that I, I really like is they answer questions from the community. And sometimes they're like legit game dev questions, but a lot of times they're just like complete bullshit. Like, yeah, like uh, this one question was about something about having orifices in your arms <laughs> that produce like sausages. <laughs> and that sounds like something you and Lee would come up with back in the day. <laughs> well, that I feel like that's why I, I identify with it because even like playing their games, like the names that they come up with are just so off the wall. It's really funny. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, definitely check out their podcast and their games. Uh, Butterscotch Shenanigans is their studio. Uh, Coffee with Butterscotch is their podcast. podcast. It's worth listening to. Um, yeah. But anyways, going back to the uh, Enjoy Game Dev conference. Yeah. Um, it looks like the lineup they have is pretty cool. I mean, we're, we're big fans of Chris Delion and Chris Kaitila McFunky Pants is uh, we also know as well. He's a pretty cool guy. He he yeah. does uh, a game one game a month, and he's been doing that for several years, like quite a few years. So he's made like fifty some games or something. And, yeah. Uh, so he has tons of experience, and uh, but they also just have. You know, a lot of people that I haven't heard of, uh, I have heard of the streamer Starlight Skies and Tabby Rose from somewhere. I don't know where, but uh, it's cool because they have, it feels like it's a a really focused, focused on indie devs, you know, like, like the first or the keynote speaker, Jennifer Hazel is talking about avoiding burnout. Um, Tabby Rose is talking about funding and financials. There's this other guy, Jake Burkett, Burkett, uh, who's been a game like an indie game dev for ten plus years, and he's talking about like making game dev be sustainable for you. Um, and there's just all kinds of stuff like marketing stuff. Chris Delian's talking about reducing risk. It just for me, especially being early on in my game dev life, it seems like a really good kind of starting place. For somebody who's trying potentially to see where game dev goes, you know, like right. I know nothing about business. I know nothing about marketing. So those, even though like to me, it doesn't sound nearly as interesting. 
hearing it from people who are experienced in, in game development and, and specifically indie game development, I feel like is going to be pretty huge. So I agree. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that might be cool, I mean, I hope that there's a bunch of people attending just for the sake of maybe making this like a yearly conference or something, well, you know, almost all of like the discount early release tickets are gone so yeah but the thing is i don't think there's that many like when i checked yesterday um less than an hour after they started selling there were 20 left and i was like oh god i gotta get on this and today there's it says fewer than five left so yeah i feel like it could be a pretty small conference which could be cool for for us you know to make connections and stuff I agree. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, definitely, I know this is going to air after you guys are, or after we've done the conference, but if you go to enjoygamedev.com, it sounds like they're also going to let you um, buy the the video, uh, like the stream of it, which may be worth looking into. So Yeah, I agree. So super stoked for that. Definitely, like, I haven't been to any kind of game dev conferences or many conferences in general. But it feels nice to have something put on by people that I respect and also to support them as well. So I agree. All around good things. Um, I was also looking at GDC, and uh, I think we got to put that on the books, man. I really want to go. It's only 199 bucks for like the base when is ticket. It? It's uh, end of March 2018. So should check that out. It's how much? 199 for a week. Jesus. Well, and that's... That's what I was saying when, when you're like, it seems kind of expensive for the Enjoy Game Dev. We got it on sale for $36. But that's what I was saying. Like, GDC is $199, plus you got to pay for travel, plus you got to pay for lodging and food. So, like, that's a yeah, $2,000 trip, probably. Yeah. So That's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> but Well, hey, Remus lives down there. Maybe we'll just crash with him. It's true. Yeah. Remus. <laughs> Remus. Actually, I am a robot, and I do not require sustenance nor sleep. Dude, I'll just pack some soylent. <laughs> we, can, <laughs> we can survive off of soylent. That's like that's like fifty bucks for the week for food. I I will pack biodiesel nutritional supplements. <laughs> oh man. So, um, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say. Got some pretty sick stuff in the Humble Bundle pack. Yeah, man. Uh, th- this cool. is the thing. I I love Humble Bundle. Uh, they're they're like the longest running freaking indie game bundle that I know of. I and I used to check a bunch, dude. Like uh, there used to be this one called Indie Royale. That's like another type of Humble Bundle kind of thing, or it's not affiliated. Yeah. Right, exactly. Indie oh, okay. Royale, I used to go to like Green Man Gaming and they always had bundles. Um, like pay what you want bundles specifically, right? And Indie Royale used to be my favorite, but then they the all these kind of dropped off and Humble Bundle kept going, but it's because Humble Bundle offers other stuff as well as like their own online store now, which is really great. Um, not that I have ever bought anything from the online store, but it's still cool to be able to compare prices like with Amazon or Steam uh, sales or any of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, well, also, just but the I timing getting... is different. Like, the, right. Steam sale, the Steam summer sale is over, but there's still, like, tons of games that are on sale right now on Humble Bundle. Right. So. And the thing I admire about Humble Bundle as well is that every bundle is also a charity. Yeah, that's super cool. So, And you can allocate how your money goes. Yeah. Like, you can make it all go to charity if you want, which I usually do to feel yeah. good about it. <laughs> well, um, and this this month is for water aid, which seems pretty legit to me. Yeah. And uh, and that's just for the games bonus. Yeah. Like, I just bought a book bundle bonus that benefited the Jane Goodall Institute. Oh, cool. Yeah, which was, like, really cool. And you could have donated... Uh, you could have bought a bundle for 25 bucks, got all of these books, and have um, sponsored a chimpanzee at Jane Goodall's uh, Chimpanzee Refuge. Oh, man, that's awesome. In, in, the, Con- in the Republic of Congo. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's really cool. Now you can still go sponsor chimpanzee outside of that bundle, but it costs like fifty bucks. Yeah. So um, I don't know. So that was pretty cool. And they rotate through game bundles like crazy. Like right now, they have two different game bundles going at the same time, as well as a freaking free game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Today uh, we were looking at it before the podcast, and Rhett's like, "Hey, Shadow Warriors, like free right now." I'm like, "Shadow Warrior, that sounds familiar." It's like it's a fifty dollar game for free. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. It's just for that, and I've gotten like probably five free games that are like right around that, like forty to fifty bucks. On Humble Bundle, that's that makes it worth checking every day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I do. I check it all the time just because even if I don't buy a bundle, maybe I'll stew on it and then I'll go and I'll, I'll like look at, I'll like look more closely at one of the games I was thinking about. Yeah. Um, and then they always have book bundles, yeah. which like right now they have three book bundles going at once. Yeah. Three. <laughs> like, you know, they've got some comic books. Which if you're into comic books, like they've got a lot of them on there sometimes um one that i'm really interested in they have a uh cybersecurity book bundle um and there's all this stuff about cryptography and social engineering and uh there's a book on here C- a certified ethical hackers guide yeah uh yeah they look pretty legit and i i sent it along to one of my coworkers who's huge into cybersecurity and he was like yeah He's like, bought it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I highly recommend the first book. Uh, it's called Social Engineering, The Art of Human Hacking. I remember when that book came out, I freaking read it as part of my um, uh, part of my schooling that I was doing at the time. And uh, it was like, uh, I had read that along with Dale Carnegie's uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, yeah. which are like two two books that really mm-hmm. like changed the way that I like communicated with people. That's cool. And then, of course, aside from the book bundles, which are always great, and sometimes they got comic books, sometimes they have textbooks, uh, oh. sometimes they got freaking fiction books. Like I've bought in three or four fiction book bundles on there that have like some pretty great A like science fiction fantasy stuff. Um, but not only that, like sometimes they have software bundles, and yeah. that that bundle, uh, the one that I'm thinking of was a game developers bundle, and that's kind of what got me and Taylor going off on this thing because I had like texted Taylor like yo man like I know you're kind of halfway into that stuff like you should check out this bundle and he was like I didn't know you were into that and I was like yeah I mean kind of like I've been entertaining the thoughts like I'm not really into it (laughs) and I I freaking bought that bundle which had some like really great yeah that's how we got pixel edit yeah it has some really great pixel editing software including Marmoset Hexels which is like super effing powerful I still can't quite master that one um (laughs) But it also came with a game engine, Click Team Fusion 2.5, which uh, The Escapists was made with, I think, which is a, 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 a best-selling game on Steam there for a while. Yeah, they ha- and that also came with like a year of, uh, a year subscription to a VPN. Yeah, dude. Um, which is really great. <laughs> That's yeah. super cool. So you could say that the reason the reason we're the reason for Game Devs Quest is because of Humble Bundle. Dude, I guess you could almost say that. Which is like I would have not thought about, about it that much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's also and the was... reason why I have close to 300 games in my Steam library. <laughs> yeah, I don't even hardly buy games from Steam anymore. It's just Humble Bundle. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I always get shit from people for like sending them along links to bundles that they might enjoy. But <laughs> I mean, the truth is, is like, like for example, like. I, I, I'm not going to spend the whole podcast shit talking to my brother here, but <laughs> but he deserves this. He uh, he, uh, I had sent him like that game developers one, and he was like, I don't know. He, I had heard him talking about wanting a VPN subscription and all this stuff, and I said, Yo, dude, this you can get a VPN subscription for ten bucks plus all these really great programs. And his literally, he he, uh, his text reply was almost instantaneous. I'm not into game development or whatever. Which, I mean, the truth is, he actually is. I don't know why he said that. But he's like, I'm not into game development. I was like, well, that's not what I was sending you, but okay. You can get a freaking $100 sub- like VPN subscription for 10 bucks. <laughs> and uh, and then m- several months later, he was like, I really want to invest money into a VPN. And I was like, okay, well, here, great. Here's another Humble <laughs> software bundle that has a different VPN. I don't know anything about it, but mine's been working great. And of course, he doesn't get it. <laughs> uh, yeah. And um, 
I was never into like the subscription uh, services either, but uh, Humble Bundle has a subscription service called Humble Monthly, yeah. which is a curated bundle of games sent to your inbox every month for just $12. And you're guaranteed to get a value of more than $100, which, yeah, every time I've been very satisfied with at least half the games that I've got. Yeah, dude. Um, well, I've I've been really thinking about it because this month is uh, 12 bucks for Pillars of Eternity plus NBA 2K17, which I don't know if I'd play, but who knows? And then four other games like that are probably pretty high quality. Like last month, Galactic Civ 3, Dark Souls 2, Hyperlight Drifter. Armello was uh, one that I really wanted to get. It's basically like a, a video game version of like a board game. Oh, that's what that is. It reminds me of like Redwall. Yeah, a little bit. That's cool. Yeah, I think I may have it on my my wish list. Um, I think even on Steam when I was looking at it, it was it was basically saying like, this is game of a a Game of Thrones game with like animals. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and they give you the total MSRP afterwards, which I don't know, kind of gimmicky, but that yeah. bundle. And I accidentally got this one. I remember being pissed off because the the because they only advertise one game, and then at the end yeah. of the month you get all of them. Like you can right. download the one game they advertise any time, and that's kind of like their selling point. I accidentally got this, and I was like, <laughs> "Stupid, stupid!" And then I I looked at it today because me and Taylor were talking about. It. I'm like, "Oh, I wish I would have got that one." <laughs> <laughs> and then I was looking through my purchases. I was like, "Oh, I did," but yeah. the total MSRP for that one was two hundred bucks. Yeah, and it cost me twelve bucks. Yeah. Um, well, which you know, and you can always shut it off. You can go off and on, which yeah. is what I do. I, I think, just go monthly. I think that's what I do if uh, if I get this one. So, speaking of games, uh, God, I finally, me and my buddy Danny finally beat Divinity Original Sin today. And nice. Man, that game. Okay, so I put in. I think I have ninety six hours into it, and that's mostly one playthrough, which is like crazy and and i was telling him i don't remember the last time that i beat a game i'm pretty close on chrono trigger which i haven't played in a couple weeks but uh so it felt really good to finally beat a game and uh yeah i i love that game it's probably it's probably one of my favorite rpgs i've ever played honestly like the the battle mechanics are just so fun and uh right now you can pick it up on good old games for 16 bucks which is pretty good deal but uh but it did have some some crazy design decisions. Like I think last week I, I may have talked about this. Uh, we ended up fighting the last boss, which is like this dragon thing, and we spent probably two hours fighting the last boss. Like like last week. So me and Rhett were gonna meet up uh, and do some work last week because he was sick during the day. We didn't get a chance to podcast and and last week like. Rhett was kind of waiting for me to be done and I was like <laughs> I think I texted you like an hour in and I was like sorry man we're still fighting and then like an hour and a half later it was still going on so <laughs> Jeez. it's crazy but yeah if anyone's interested I, I highly recommend it there's some some pretty odd glitches but overall it's like one of the most fun RPGs I've ever played so sweet and yeah, now that we finished that we picked up uh, Icewind Dale uh enhanced edition on uh, one or games. two just one, one right just one yeah they uh, don't they don't have the luck. enhanced edition apparently for uh two yeah uh, i mean it was six bucks and it's a game that i remember looking at as a kid and always thinking it looked cool but never got it so i'm excited to try it yeah that's old school dude yeah oh, man it makes me want to play me and lee used to do a weekly um well we did weekly Baldur's gate enhanced edition which was like super great uh we did just two people too we like forsaked all other party members uh which was like really hard yeah um and then um and then also we did weekly neverwinter nights like before that when we lived near each other i'd bring my laptop over to his house and we would land neverwinter nights (laughs) uh for like Four hours, a, uh, four hours sessions, like once a week. Dang. And that was really fun. Yeah, man. Yeah, Neverwinter Nights was a good game too. I don't think I ever beat yeah. it. Yeah. I did. Of course. Because <laughs> I'm the best. Because you're the best. Well, cool, man. I th- we're not. I guess we have 15 minutes, but 
I don't know if there's anything else interesting going on in our lives. No, not really. Um, I mean, we're pretty much all all good to go up on uh, Japan. Anybody who's interested. Um, yeah, we bought our rail passes last week, which uh, yeah felt good, and they are already here. Yeah, I thought they shipped from Japan, but they ship uh, they shipped out of some supplier in, in California. So it was yeah, pretty quick. Which yeah, I mean that's almost it. The only other thing that we're we're going to a sumo wrestling match, at least that's the plan. So that's the only other thing we have to like pre-purchase. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise we're good. So it feels really good. Which, by the way, if you are going to Japan and you're planning on getting their JR pass, uh, get it in advance. Like, there's there's all kinds of crazy rules that go along with with getting it. But the JR pass basically allows you to travel. You can get um, certain sections of the country that you can travel to, or you can do like I think the whole country if you just do the main JR pass, right? Right, yeah, um, ours is not regional. Yeah, it's ours like is the whole not country. regional, so we can go all over the place. And it is kind of expensive, but if you were to um, individually buy tickets to trains from like city to city, it would have ended up being quite a bit more expensive. Right. Well, I I priced out like a train, like a round trip train ticket from Tokyo to Kyoto and then back, and. Um, and it almost was the same cost as the JR Pass as a whole. Wow. <laughs> so, like, why not just get the JR Pass? You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Yeah. And it's expensive, but it that one trip alone pays for it. Yeah. Um, and we'll be using the train a lot, so it's gonna, yeah. it's going to be good. So, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Me too. Yeah, I also uh, contacted one of my buddies from Japan, Satoshi, and uh sounds like... We're going to meet up with him for dinner one night. I have a couple other friends that I hope we might be able to meet. But, man, those guys in Japan, they work crazy hours. So, yeah, like my friend. They, uh, what? Go ahead. My, no. my friend Yuta, um, he, I roomed with him in college. And uh, he lives in Chiba, which is like a suburb of Tokyo, um, which takes like an hour to get to the main part of like downtown Tokyo or whatever from Chiba uh, via train. But he works like pretty much eight to eight, like five to six days a week. <laughs> what does he do? Uh, he does some sort of like maintenance for apartment complexes. Oh. Yeah. So, and then my, my friend Satoshi, he um, he's worked for like several businesses that aren't uh, headquartered in Japan. And apparently, like, that's a really sought-after position in Japan because since it's not – they're not Japanese countries, the hours and benefits and stuff like that aren't – like, the benefits are better, the hours are better. Though there's, like – as far as I understand it in Japan, like, there's a lot of pride in, like, working for a company until yeah. you die. And yeah. also it being a traditional Japan or Japanese country or a Japanese company. company. Um, and so like I've heard as well that some people look down on, on people who work for companies that aren't <laughs> from Japan, which is yeah. just crazy. Well, that's, that's why it's like really common because here's the thing. So you go to college, you get out of college and you get your salary job with the big corporation, right? And you're set. Yeah. Uh, and it, cause it's like kind of this old school mindset where you get that job, you climb the corporate ladder until you retire. Then the company takes care of you until you die, you mm-hmm. know, like, or maybe you don't retire and you just keep going. Yeah. But, but, uh, people who that's, there's such a high suicide rate among people who are fired from these jobs. Yeah. It's very shameful. Because, right. Well, because what it means though, too, is that you aren't going to like, because they don't want to fire you. Yeah. They'll re they'll reposition you. They'll reclassify you within the company. They'll put you where you never can rise out of, up the ranks again. But if you get fired, I mean, you've really fucked up, I guess. Yeah. And because of that, like no other company will want to hire you. It's like a freaking black mark on your record forever. And you you I I guess you really had to have screwed the pooch. Yeah. And so a lot of people just 
in their shame and desperation of like not being able to get work again, will just kill themselves. Yeah. It's really terrible. It is terrible. Uh, I, I heard before that the government was looking at uh, decreasing the standard work week to four days a week instead of five. Really? Huh. Well, because that person like worked themselves to death. Hmm. Like, remember that? Like several months ago. Maybe I don't. I don't. That, I don't know. That person like worked themselves to death. Essentially, they worked. I I don't even know how long. Like they had worked like nine days in a row, like almost twenty four hours a day. Ugh. Yeah, Dan. Or something. I could be butchering that, but somebody listening to this might remember that. Like, yeah, several months ago, around the same time we started the podcast, a guy had like literally worked themselves to death in Japan. And because of that, the government was sort of like revisiting like their government standards. Yeah. Well, they should. It's crazy. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. I mean, it's definitely a cultural difference and, you know, we probably don't fully understand it, but no. from from an outside perspective. I mean, I think in the US we work a lot and we compared to Japan? No. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. Well, it's pretty typical of like lower income people to work a lot in the U.S. Yeah, um, true. You know, and I think I I personally think forty hours is too much. Yeah, like I mean that's just me. Like I think the payoff and like mental health and everything for like four day work week is just like way you get a way higher return. Yeah, for real. Um, you know, and I actually even think eight hours a day is too long. I, I was thinking about this the other day, like because I I haven't been working eight hours at one job that uh in one day that much like i've been doing a lot of like working four hours one job and then going to my other job and working four hours Mm -hmm. and i get so much more done (laughs) like yeah i get so much more done just for whatever reason i'm able to like focus better when i'm there and it's like okay this is what i gotta do and i show up and i do it and then i'm done and i go home and it's like sure i worked eight hours that day but for some reason just like the more bite-sized morsels of work was just way easier to tolerate and digest and yeah well i don't remember where exactly i heard this but uh i read some statistic that said basically on average people in corporate america only work about two hours per day yep so two hours out of the eight (laughs) the rest of the time you're just watching the clock and then well hey it's like my buddy Tim Ferriss says, you know, you <laughs> you harness those two hours really hard so that you can take your position and you can go and do it remotely from home because you're like, look, I'm getting so much work done. I just do it from home. <laughs> and they're like, OK, don't come into the office anymore. And then you just do your two hours a day. Then you're getting all your production done for the day. And then you use your time to do other stuff. Yeah. That's right, you little time thief, Tim Ferriss, bitch. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, Tim Ferriss, if you listen to this, fuck you. <laughs> Shut up, dude. <laughs> he uh, ain't listening. I know. I know. You just have so much hatred for him. Yeah, the other crazy statistic I heard was that pretty much uh, the two hours that you do get done are definitely before 2 p.m. So after after 2 p.m., <laughs> it's pretty much like no one does anything. Yeah. <laughs> you just sit around watching the clock. <laughs> yeah. Which is so crazy. So there there you go. I think I think like 6-hour work days would be good. Personally. I agree. 6 hours seems to be like my go-to like my perfect time. Yeah. Because then I also have time to like go to the bank, go to the post office, yeah, seriously. which all of these things operate during the standard business day like yeah. That How are people supposed me. to get shit done? I know. I God, used to I always everyone. have to. Uh, well, now I work Sunday through Thursday, so I have Fridays off. So if I really need to get something done and like call somewhere, I can do it on Fridays. But like at my other jobs, I'd have to always take my lunch break to call like, you know, customer service or whatever. Hated that. Yeah. So dumb. Yeah. So dumb, Taylor. Well, maybe so dumb, one of these so days. So dumb. <laughs> God. Oh, I dude. couldn't keep it in. I did think that you were glitching out at that point, but I think you were messing with me, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. Well, oh, I think that about does it for this week. I think we're kind of out of things to talk about. It's been a productive week, but also um, not that eventful. Yeah, not all that interesting, but... Well, go watch some Tokyo Diner, bro. Okay, that's my challenge. You're not gonna do it. I, I already mean, challenged you not, to do it but... once. Hey, how many times have I challenged you to like 
work on code, code on my own. And then you come back and you don't do it. And then five weeks yeah. later of the same challenge, you still haven't done it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, watch Tokyo Diner. Um, I want us to Bailey watch eat. it all. I know you told me it was really good. Yeah. You also want us to what? I want us to again meet two times per week. I think that'd be a, a nice goal for us to have, just like always. Okay. Even if it's just for an hour. Okay. Because it keeps us consistent, and we're at least doing something together, you know. Okay. You sound like you really want to do that. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> um, and then I kind of have a goal for myself, but if you want to look into it too. Maybe you could uh, read some of the stuff out of the R.B. Whitaker book. But I'd like sure. to um, – I've been trying to learn about C-sharp delegates and events. Um, and that – part of that, I th- well, I'm not really sure. So maybe C-sharp C delegates, events, and then asynchronous programming. Those are all huge topics, I think. But uh, okay. delegates essentially allow you to use methods as – kind of like variables like you could store um a method in a variable kind of and then it's crazy i don't know if i can explain it very well and then events allow you to do kind of like triggers it's a different way of triggering different events and and they tie in with delegates and as we talked about last night asynchronous programming allows you to do like multiple things at the same time which could be really helpful we ran into this issue yesterday where we were trying to make the uh, console pause for one second. And normally we use uh, thread.sleep and then put in a thousand milliseconds. And for some reason, um, like normally that works, but for some reason I, it would like only pause part of the code and other parts of the code would run, which may make sense if it's creating a new thread, but I'm not really sure. So I want to do some research on that this week and see if I can figure out what's going on so maybe if you want to help too Rhett, just uh I'm, i know that rb whitaker has uh chapters on threading and delegates and events and stuff so you're shaking your head but whatever <laughs> it's like pitch black in your room bro <laughs> yeah. did that on purpose it's hot yeah <laughs> yeah man sounds good i'll i'll uh i'll take a look all right well, with cool, that, thanks for tuning in to Game Devs Quest, guys. We really appreciate you listening. Uh, as always, give us a shout out on twi- uh, Twitter at Game Devs Quest. You can follow us on uh, Twitch as well, uh, twitch.tv forward slash Game Devs Quest. Uh, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Uh, what else we got, Rhett? I can't remember. You can give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash airpodcast. Hey, and you can go check out our sweet-ass iceberg game, uh, considering now that there's a gigantic iceberg floating around in the ocean that's the size of Delaware. Oh, my God. I heard about that. This iceberg's so big, you can stand on I- you can stand in the middle of it and not see either si- end of it. That's crazy. Yeah, dude. It is crazy. People are, like, flying over it, like, taking pictures, dude. It's freaking, dude, Luxembourg. The country of Luxembourg, yeah. smaller than this iceberg. I know. Uh, yeah, Rhode but, Island. By the way, climate change isn't real. No, it's not. Hey, also, uh, in non-related news, exactly three hours ago this morning, uh, Sean Spicer resigned. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I didn't, didn't. Not to get political about it, but go and play our iceberg game. We're at uh, itch.io forward slash game devs quest. It's the one game we guarantee that you don't play. Wait, what? <laughs> It's the one game you're not supposed to play. Yeah. There we go. If you play, uh, you're a douche. Yeah, and we hate you. But thanks <laughs> for playing our game because like, there's some really great stuff there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have a Brick Breaker game I made up on Itch.io. You can check out. It's, oh, nice. It's not that, yeah, I forgot all about that, actually. That yeah, crazy. we should have given that a shout out. That's uh, no, cool, and, dude. And in the coming weeks, I should have my space, my 2D space shooter up there, which would be kind of cool. So, and, Hell yeah. Uh, eventually, we'll get our tournament, tournament fighter. So. Dude, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting this one done and getting it up because yeah. it's so cool. I know. So, um, yeah, unless there's uh, any platforms I missed, tough shit. You'll have to pick them up next week <laughs> or the week before. Go listen to our entire catalog of podcasts if you haven't done it. Give us a rate, a review on iTunes, Stitcher, your favorite podcast app of choice, and um, 
and uh, subscribe so you never miss an episode. Uh, that'd be super bonkers cool of you. We'll give you a hashtag baller status on uh, on Twitter, which is the highest achievement that you can receive from the crew of Game Devs Quest. Yeah, man. Hashtag baller status. Um, anyways, I think that about does it for this week, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, as always, I'm Rhett. I'm Taylor. Have a good week, guys. Cue it. Cue that music. Yeah.